This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 186, submission number 1658. Bruce Forsyth's Hot Streak. Bruce Forsyth's Hot Streak aired on ABC Daytime from January 6th to April 4th, 1986 for 65 episodes. First, the members of the championship women's team, Kathleen McQuiston, Terry Brown, Laura Fetter, Deirdre Kellum, Elaine Hyman. And now, the members of the men's team, Raul Arzola, Stuart Weiss, Clifton Dates, Michael Lowe, Barry Clark. They're here today on Bruce Forsyth's Hot Streak. And now, here he is. Here's Bruce Forsyth. Here we go again. Hello again. Yes, yes, yes. What a bright crowd. What a beautiful morning. What a beautiful morning. It's the mid-1980s, and game shows are all the rage. From Wheel of Fortune on NBC, to Jeopardy and Syndication, to The Price is Right on CBS, to... What does ABC have at this time, I wonder? Well, Family Feud's already done. Yeah, so. Family by this time, Family Feud would have been long done. Well, not long No, done. it would have been done this summer of been, 85. Right. So it's only a few months done. And we've still yet to hit Bargain Hunters, so... Oh! Oh, no! No, 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 just... No, stop, no. Hold oh. on, hold on, I got a joke. Okay. You oh, know what no. Susan... Do you know what Susan St. James said when she saw Bargain Hunters? No! Oh, no! no. Uh-oh! Uh-oh! Okay. Damn, damn it, why do you do this to us? All right, okay, all right. You know what ABC had... From Monday through Friday. What'd they have? Love in the afternoon. That's it, really. Well, well no, I, I think another thing that they had around that time was they had the new Love American style. Future entry, the new Love American style. Oh, they the did. oh that's right. That's right. They had the new Love American style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and oh. it lasted like four weeks or something like oh, that. Oh, that's a shame. Four yeah. weeks. Yeah, darn shame, yes. Yeah. Editor's note, the new Love American style actually ran for about seven months. It just felt like it lasted four weeks. But right before the new Love American style was a new game show offering. Reg Grundy created the Parley Line pilot for NBC in 1983. It was sort of like the game that you play as a kid where you all line up like one after the other after the other. Somebody gives you a message, you tell them to pass it on, and by the time it gets to the end of the line, somebody's uh, talking in tongues and cursing your mother. The telephone game. Yes. I I knew there was a name for that. Yeah, we do that in school. Huh. Well, this is sort of like, imagine the telephone game, but with a pyramid bent. Like, here's a word. You have to communicate the word 
to your teammate who then has to communicate the word to their other teammate and down the line. That's basically what the show is about. And by the time ABC picked it up, Gene Rayburn was unavailable because by this point he would be doing Break the Bank and syndication, which we went over in a previous century. So who are they going to get? Who is Reg Grundy going to get? Well, this was actually Reg Grundy's first show for ABC, and he's coming off of two big hits and one near miss. The big hits, of course, are Sales the Century and Scrabble, which are both on NBC, and the near miss is Time Machine, which is also on NBC. And also on our list. And also on our list, yes. And one of the worst predictions of all time from John Davidson on the premiere. Oh, no. Oh, God. I think think we have to play it after you're saying that. If you're watching us for the first time, maybe you don't know, this is our very first show. But we plan to be here for a very long time. You see, it may look like, yeah, I thought one guy is excited about that. No, John, not a good prediction. Sorry. That that aged well. Hashtag aged like milk. So let's talk about the pilot for a second here. In the pilot, the captain of the team, remember, they're played in teams of five, men versus women. And the captain of the team in control was given a choice of two words, leaving the other team with the other word. The four partners had to wear headphones so they couldn't hear the selected word. And after choosing that word, the captain tapped the shoulder of the partner next to the line and started describing the word. Once the partner got the word, they then had to describe the same word to the second partner and so on and so forth. And he had 40 seconds to do all of that without repeating any previously given clues. You do that, that was a $500 cash bonus. For a hot, for, well, they didn't. Wow, wait, 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 wait. Was there a bonus? Well, this was the pilot. Oh, the pilot. Okay. This was All the right. party line pilot. And the winners of the game won $500 and went on to play the Daily Double. No, not that Daily Double. Merv Griffin on line one of the lawsuit. Now, the Daily Double the party line bonus round daily double. It was mostly the same as the main game. You had to face a zigzag line of nine players. Nobody knew where they came from, but apparently they were in the contestant pool for future shows. They were all given the same word and the captain was given a baton. And with the baton, they described the final word to as many of the nine players one by one as they can without repeating the clues. That sounds very tough. Uh, Yeah, so tough that if you feel you ran out of information, you can pass the baton to your partner to do the same thing. The winning team had 40 seconds to get all nine players to say the word. First player was worth 100, then doubled after that, and after that, and after that, until... You get all nine for a possible grand total of $25,600. If they didn't do it on the first go-round, 
they could try again with the new subject or keep the cash that they've already won. And that was the pilot. Of course, NBC ultimately passed on the pilot, but they tried another pilot, if you'll believe that. This time they called it Hot Streak with Bruce Forsyth hosting. Now, this was the 1984 pilot, the pilot that ABC would ultimately pick up. The next year or so, remember, this was an October 1984 pilot, and the show didn't go on the air until the beginning of 1986, ABC put Bruce Forsyth's hot streak on the air. And Bruce Forsyth was at his very Bruce Forsythist. Now, uh, because Mike, Greg, and I are really big game show fans, we pretty much know what to expect when we see Bruce Forsyth on a TV show. Picture Tommy Maitland from The Gong Show a few years ago, but dialed down a little bit. He was very much the cheeky monkey. Have we described who Bruce Forsyth is for those that don't know who he is? Uh, at least as far as I Americans go. That. You know what? Let's do that right now. Because, of course, last year we did the Noel Edmonds show. Yes, and, of course, which, which there's a theme because both shows were on ABC in 1986 and both featured popular UK personalities. Yep. And yeah, I was just about to say there was, you know, Bruce Forsyth is a really good host. There was just one problem. Nobody in America knew who he was. Well, remember, this is about the time, and we talked about this a little over a year ago. ABC brought over Noel Edmonds, and we saw his show last a week. Yep. So, so were they trying to get an influx of British talent over here, maybe? Question mark? Perhaps. Yeah, well, I think it's more than coincidental that you have two very big British hosts, celebrities, being brought over for American shows, albeit one for a week and the other for 13 weeks. Maybe Brandon Stoddard had like a thing one week for British personalities on American TV. Who knows? Maybe Robert Noah got a call from Reg Grundy saying, hey, listen, mate, I got this emerging talent from England. I want you to put him on the show. You can't get Gene Rayburn. He's doing Break the Bank. Let's put Bruce Forsyth on the show. Meanwhile, Robert Noah's probably all, who the hell is Bruce Forsyth? And then he just sends him all the tapes he has of the Generation game. I, I don't know what, I don't know how that works. Well, also I think, does maybe Reg Grundy have a hand in this? Because I'm sure he saw Bruce Forsyth at some point. Well, it's his production company. Well, it's his production company, but I'm saying he had to have seen him in British shows at some point. Because I'm sure there were Reg Grundy shows that aired in the UK at that point. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking Sale of the Century first and foremost. Oh, definitely. Sale of the Century would have been a big show in the UK by now. I think we're about a year year or two removed from Simon Cowell being a contestant. He's in that range. I think you're right. I think he he may have been 1990, so it might have been about four years out. 
our second challenger is a record company director from London. He enjoys watching motor racing and is a keen go-kart racer. Please welcome Simon Cowell. Because Simon Cowell's a big game show fan too. Anyway. So, Bruce Forsyth, big in the UK, about to make inroads in America. He's brought on to host the retitled Bruce Forsyth's Hot Streak. So how do we play this, Mike? Kind of, sort of like the Party Line pilot? Kind of? Kind of? Well, instead of the, this wall of all these people, you had two teams of five. And it was men versus women because, of course, it's got to be a battle of the sexes. Yeah. And you had... Uh, Almost like in a, a family feud type of podium, five tiered or five spaces, you had, uh, again, your five men, your five women, and you had somebody who was like a captain for each round. They rotated. So after one round, whoever was like in the lead position would go to the end position and everybody else would move up a slot. And they'd do that for every round. So whoever was in the lead position for the first round would go to the end and everybody would move one step closer to the front. And what happened is whoever made the choice of the words, I think they alternated between genders and maybe the team that was behind going into the third word got to choose uh, what word they wanted to play. That's exactly yeah. So, so, so yeah. So if the men went in the first round, women went in the second round, whoever's behind goes in the third round. And obviously, other way around, it could be women first, men first, and then still who's depending behind. on who came into the show a champion. Okay, the so cha so the champion this, went first. So okay, well there you go. So what happened is the champion team went first, then the challengers went, and then who's behind had the choice of uh, which word they got to play. So what happened is the the team that started there were two words shown. Now, the words were only seen by the captain, by the, the person in the first position. He said or she said, I'll take this one. And they'll either point at the top or the bottom. And the second word won't be revealed because obviously, you know, that would kind of ruin it. And everybody on the team that's playing has headphones on except for that first person. And at that point, Bruce Forsyth says, your word is blank, whatever the blank is. And you had 40 seconds to convey that word to every single one of the members. So uh, there were four members wearing uh, headphones. You had to convey the word to each one of those four members. If you got all four right, you got $100 a piece. One, two, three, four, hot streak. So $400 if you got them all right. Otherwise, $100 an answer. And really, the only ways that you lost here is, A, you run out of time. You 40 seconds goes by really fast. Or, B, you say a key word. Now, a key word is not like A or is. Uh, you have basic generic words, the. But if you said a key word that sort of is a tip-off, almost like taboo, then, yeah, round ends. Uh, you hear a sound effect. Uh, I, I believe it's the uh, jumping sound for Family Feud. You know which one I'm talking about. Yep. And at that point, the judge comes over the PA and says, after Bruce says, what went wrong? And he says, 
Well, this word was repeated. So whatever money they earn, you know, they get that. So if they got one right before time ends or an illegal clue is given, they get $100. Two is 200, three is 300. Hot streak is 400. So the other team then plays the leftover word same way. Round two, same game, but again, the opposite team goes first. Round three, everything is doubled. It's $200 a word. And the team that's behind goes first. And again, they get the choice of words. And one word's worth 200, two is worth 400, three is worth 600. All four get you $800. However, if you're that team that goes first and you don't reach whatever number the other team has, the team in the lead, game's over. We don't even talk about that's another game to talk about. We don't refer to the words that the winning team would play. We just go on with our day. Yeah, just go on with your day. Absolutely. And then the bonus round is a little bit different. It's actually quite a bit different. You've got a topic or you've got a word. And what your captain will do is while the other four players wear headphones and actually sort of secluded from where the, uh, the captain and Bruce Forsyth are at, like five feet away, there's, there's a little podium that comes out of the, the floor, which is really cool. We're going to talk about some of that in a second. But uh, so they're like five feet away. And what the captain did, he was given a subject and he had to give four obvious words that they will say, their teammates. They don't have to give one word each person. They just need between the four of them to get all four words. So like, for instance, if I was to say the subject would be Bruce Forsyth's hot streak, what would four words that you guys would actually use for that? Or you could even use phrases. So uh, small phrases, you don't want to make it too difficult, but what would be four clues that you'd give? Or if I said, describe Bruce Forsyth's hot streak. Game show. That that would be, that sounds like an easy winner, okay? This program. Oh, jeez. You just ruined the money for us. Uh, but but you'd give clues like that. You, you'd give clues that most easily represent that, that your teammates could give. And what happened is there were 20 seconds for all four people to get those four key words or phrases. And you got $200 a piece for the first round. And what happened is each player has five seconds. So you got to be like shooting stuff off, almost like talk about, like we talked about, uh, I referred to just a few moments ago. You can't be like sitting around hemming and hawing. Um, uh, you got to be like spitting out whatever comes to your mind immediately. Because five seconds goes by, you move over to the next player. Their five seconds goes, eh, then you got to go to the third person. Same thing, five seconds, eh, and then you go to the fourth person, and after five seconds, time is done. $200 a piece for those words, that's $800. And then you do it again. The, the captain gets another word, got to come up with four more clues that his teammates will come up with. But for the second round, it's worth $300. And so if you get all four of those, that's $1,200. Add it to the 800 from the first round. That's, that's $2,000. Two, two grand. 
the third round of this played the exact same way as the first two is worth five times whatever you have earned. So if you got 2000, you're playing for the maximum of $10,000. If you got 1700, you're playing for 8,500. You can do the math. I, I don't have to teach you math. I, I'm paid to do that. I'm not paid to do math here. Um, so it's played the same way. All four people get five seconds a piece, 20 seconds to get all four words. You either get five times what you earned or you win nothing extra. So you could win 10,000 or you keep your 2,000. You could win 1,100 or you could win 5,500 if you get all the, the, the four words correct. And talking about, I mentioned the platform, I don't want to call it a dais or a podium that rises from the ground. Is that like not the coolest thing ever? That is incredibly epic. That was like that, that. That was like one of the things that drew me to the show as a kid, and we didn't even get it in Cleveland. That was one of the shows I had to pick up out of Akron because our ABC affiliate in Cleveland hates game shows, and I'm really not kidding about that. Rarely aired daytime game shows. Aired Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune for like 29 years, but no, didn't care about the ABC shows. The other cool thing. And dang it, Greg, if we find this, this is going in the museum. It's going behind the McLean Stevenson statue. The scoreboard from after the bonus round. Oh, yeah. With all the little strobe lights. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the scoreboard, like, right there behind the McLean Stevenson statue as you're greeted in. I want to incorporate like a turnstile with it. So it keeps track of how many people actually attend the, uh, our museum. Oh, Oh, and it gets even better. And, and like every thousand sort of like on Twitter, how we put up a gif every thousand. Yeah. I think every thousand people who go to the museum, it's a, have like a big fireworks display with all the strobe lights. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know what? That, that's beautiful. Hey, by the way, speaking of Twitter, I still want to get to 100 followers on Twitter. Like I said last week, we need 31 more followers to get to 100. Let's do it. Let's convince 31 people to sign up because I want to piss off Jack Dorsey. So wait, if we need 31 people to get to 100, doing some quick math, does that mean we have 69 followers? Nice. No, Chico chimed in. Nice. Yeah, that's where I was going. Uh, I'm sorry. That's the sex number. So the show itself, not necessarily called Bruce Forsyth's Hot Streak, because that'd be kind of weird in other countries to have that name. If you don't have Bruce Forsyth hosting, has been very successful. Just off the top of my head, Australia had a version that ran for quite some time. Yes. Yeah, it ran for exactly one year in Australia. Oh, I thought it ran longer than that, but nope. Yeah, it, but th- but that was actually a semi-recent uh, yeah. version because that was, I think, like two thousand two. That was, no, it was nineteen ninety eight. Okay, well, still, it was within like the last twenty five years. It was well over ten years yeah. after our version. Yeah. And, and then there was an Israeli version. Yeah. And then there was a German version, which has run forever. Yeah, it ran from 1998 all the way to 2018. 
And that is nuts. Yeah, and that's called Rukzuk, and I think that's actually the name of the Israeli show too, Rukzuk. The the, the name of the Israeli show is Chamesh Chamesh, which is which translates to five five. Oh, I get it. Okay, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense because there are five people on a team. You see, we get it. Yep, five. Yeah, got it. And I'll tell you right now, there are still versions on the air in Greece, in Kazakhstan. Oh, and in Serbia, it's in Kazakhstan. Does Borat host it? He's very nice. He's nice. But also, uh, yeah, just some other countries where it aired: uh, Belgium, France, Indonesia, Poland, Russia, Spain. So it is by no means a format that is localized to just the U.S. And actually, if you take a look at the uh, the countries that this was in, the United States is the only country in the Americas which had a version of this show. You had nothing in North America, nothing in South America outside of our version. This is primarily a format that has worked in the Eastern Hemisphere. And one thing that we haven't mentioned about Bruce Forsyth's hot streak, we did talk about the host, obviously. We talked about... Uh, who produced it. We didn't talk about the announcers. The main one was Gene Wood, but there was a secondary announcer, and he announced for a number of weeks. He went on to much bigger things literally a few months later. Literally. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah. And the person I'm talking about is some guy named Mark Summers. I know that guy. I yeah, met that guy. Yeah, that guy who hosted, uh, among other things, Double Dare, History IQ, Food Unwrapped. But also, yeah, he, he did announcing on this show. And uh, he also did other things with game shows. He was a page back uh, in the 70s at CBS and did something with the Joker's Wild. Back, back I believe he was. I believe he was a substitute announcer on the Joker's Wild. I may be mistaken on that, though. Could, could be. He he did something uh, in front of the camera, and I'm pretty sure it was announcing because maybe Johnny Jacobs was sick that day or something. Uh, but also, he did uh, miscellaneous stuff like he was a writer on. This is going to be an installment in about a year and a half for its 40th anniversary. It's going to be part of an episode of all the things that happened uh, on January 3rd of 1983 in a 40th anniversary episode. He was a writer on Hitman. Oh, I did not know this. I didn't know that either. If you look at the credits, if you look at the the final episode, or if you look at anyone that has a credit role, they did credit him a Mark Summers, M-A-R-K Summers, and it has been confirmed that it was that Mark Summers who I believe was a writer for uh, on Hitman. Wow. Yeah. So he goes way back. We're talking almost 50 years at this point. I was today years old when I learned that. We're here to educate. You know that. I did not even realize he had a history prior to 86. So I learned something today. Yeah. And he looks young back in 86, but he was 35 years old at that point. Well, I'm probably looked the same as him in 1986, so and I'm like two years older than him. Then, does yeah. that mean we we can get you to host Double Dare? 
Hey, they, you know what? Greg's an internet celebrity. They got an internet celebrity to host the current version of Double Dare. The most no. recent version. The yeah. most recent well, version of Double Dare. They got an internet celebrity to host it. Greg's well, an internet celebrity. A minor internet celebrity. You know what? I would take hosting a revived version of Finders Keepers. Thank you very much. I think oh, we need to read that. would be great. Keepers. Put it on Paramount Plus. It'd be great. I have ideas for that show. Well, Greg is an internet celebrity. He did win the belt. I did win the belt. He did get the belt. Unlike Eligante, the... I got the belt. He got the belt. I don't have it yet. He but won I'm the belt. Get... I don't have the belt yet, but I'm going to get it eventually from John. Yeah, but Mark Summers would only you know announce for the last few weeks. And I, mean, I say the last few weeks because by the end of April, Hot Streak was gone. It was a really good game with a really amicable host. But it was gone after 13 weeks. Yeah. And as to why it was gone after 13 weeks, you know what I like to say at this point? Look at the schedule. Oh, I was going to say, was it possibly lost in translation that a thoroughly British host didn't work that well with a U.S. audience? Oh, no. But the schedule did no favors either. No, yeah, that was that was minor compared to the schedule. It was not up against one heavyweight. It was up against two. They was put it? Oh. they draw they they hey Susan. They put it up against Price and Wheel at the same time. Uh oh. Yes. Yes. ABC scheduled Bruce Forsythe's hot streak. At 11 o'clock to replace reruns of Three's a Crowd. Not that Three's a Crowd. The, the uh, Three's Company sequel series. Cute as it was. You know what? It was an improvement from Three's a Crowd. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm like one of... Hey, don't clown on fans of Three's a Crowd. There are literally dozens of us. Look, Robert Mandan, I love Robert Mandan on soap, but let's be real here. Hey, don't be saying a thing about Mary Cataret. No, I will not say a damn thing about Mary Cataret. She's she adorable. A, she's a treasure. She, yes. yes, she is. But actually, now that I look at it, I joked earlier about new Love American style. That actually aired... Right after Bruce Forsythe's hot streak. <laughs> <laughs> New Love American style. That was like. It, it, it started December 23rd to 1985, and it ran up until August 18th of 86. What? So it actually, I mentioned like three or four weeks. It actually lasted like eight months. It lasted longer. I twice as long. More than twice as long. It did. It did. Forsythe's hot streak. Oh my god! It, it was it was one of those things. I don't know. I can't remember who it was who voices the daytimes, the day side of ABC. Stay tuned for New Love American Style next. I I I can't remember his name. I I, well, I we know it's who like it if wasn't. I hear it, it wasn't Ernie. It wasn't Ernie. But it, it wasn't was Ernie. Somebody. We know that. But it was somebody. If anybody knows the name of the. Uh, of that of the uh, voiceover for ABC Daytime in the eighties, give us a ring here at the station, or email us or tweet us, whatever. 
that's what I bet. It was a thing on TV at gmail.com. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah. It it's, it was a good idea, but it did not have... Did it have the... I, would, would you say it had the love of the network, or did they just need to put it somewhere? Because I don't think ABC is known for scheduling mornings. No. No, especially in the 80s. I mean, all you had on ABC at that point is you had Family Feud. Yeah, and now Family Feud's gone. So what do you have? Other and Family than Feud this? ran its course, absolutely. Yeah, now what do you have other than General Hospital, One Life to Live? All My Children. All My Children. What else do you have? Loving? Question Love, mark? Yeah, you, yeah I, I know that's not the answer you want. But that's the answer you're going to get. I think what you've got besides uh, if you want to talk about shows that had some longevity on ABC back in the 80s, it's like Loving and Ryan's Hope, kind of, sort of. Yeah. The one thing you have to understand about ABC in the 80s is they made their bank from Love in the Afternoon. Yes. Oh, yeah. With uh, Loving, Ryan's Hope. All my children, one life to live, General Hospital, and uh, the edge of night. Right before it was, was it shuttled off to? Uh, I want to say it was shuttled off to CBS for the last season, or did it end on ABC? Uh, the edge of night. The edge of night. I may. It's like I may have gotten that backwards. Edge of night. Oh yeah, I got it backwards. Edge of night started on CBS and it ended in on ABC. So what yeah. year? 1984. Okay. Well, it's already gone by then. Okay. Yeah. But, but again, like your mainstays on ABC at that point, maybe not even loving, but Ryan's hope lasted until 89 or so. Yeah. That was like your post family feud noontime slot show post noontime slot. I should say your 1230 show was Ryan's hope the half hour uh, soap opera. Hey, no, not, no, not true. Riot's Hope aired at noon. Depends when. I'm looking at 1982 and it was at 1230. Okay. Hey, guys. I want to tell you something. You know Ryan's Hope made Meg Ryan's career just like Wings Me Tony Shaloub's career. Of course. Of course, yeah. Hey, she <laughs> rocked it that one week on Tattletales. She did. She, she, she really did. did. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And, and she made a appearance on Price is Right during a showcase. Oh, she did. Yes. I forgot about that. And I think that's one of the episodes in the rotation on uh, the Barker channel on oh. Pluto TV. And I think she just recently celebrated her birthday, Meg Ryan. Happy birthday, Meg Ryan. Thanks for entertaining us on Ryan's Hope at noon or 1230, depending on what era you're watching. Yep. I'll tell you this. We'll never go sleepless whenever we're in Seattle. Am I right? <laughs> oh my. I'll, ha- I'll have what she's having. Now, wait a second. We're talking about the ABC lineup back in the 80s. Are we not giving love to All-Star Blitz? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. One day. Well, how, how can we not give love... To the 1985 show All-Star Blitz. 
Let's yeah. Hey, what happens when Hollywood Squares has a game show baby with Wheel of Fortune? Yeah, that's what it was. And you even have the host of Hollywood Squares. But hey, that may be an episode for another day talking about All Star Blitz. Or or it's other Hollywood Squares derivative Battle Stars. It's other Hollywood Squares derivative. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. Hot Streak does have a spiritual successor that airs to this day. Oh. It does? Yeah. Get a clue on Game Show Network. Oh, I was afraid you are going to say that. Bite your tongue. No. No. Go to your room. That's not even funny. Spiritual successor, my butt. It's Dollar Store Pyramid. It's not even dollar store. It's not even 99 cent store pyramid. It's like thrift store pyramid. Oh, God. Yeah, I said it. Oh, get a clue is Bruce Forsyth's hot streaks love. No, get that crap out of here. Austin Carr, is there something you want to tell Chico? Get that big stuff out of here. I'm sorry. Sullying the good name of Bruce Forsyth's hot streak is not permitted on this show. That's yeah. the first time I've ever heard the good name and Bruce Forsyth's hot streak <laughs> in the same sentence, Mike. Well, you know what? And it may be the last. <laughs> well, I, I think we've just about exhausted Bruce Forsyth's hot streak. Uh, now, now we're on a cold streak. Uh, anybody have any closing words for this show? Um. Well, Bruce Forsyth's hot streak. It had words. It had teams that had big cash prizes it could have been the next great thing but unfortunately in 1986 it was just a thing on television and it was so good it was was. you put that show anywhere besides 11 o'clock on ABC and it runs longer I guarantee it ABC was not a game show channel back in the day. It, it, it did not like his game shows. Hey, Bargain Hunters. Hey, uh, All-Star Blitz that we just mentioned. Hey, just about a, a number of shows between like 1985 and 1990. Although, hey, hey, Match Game 90, which uh, could have lasted longer. Although now with um, Summer Fun and Games, ABC is now the game show channel on primetime. Well, 35 yeah. years ago, it wasn't. Well, the only way I can figure out how to end this is with a little bit of culture. So oh. if you would please. Oh. It is time for It Was a Thing on TV, Haiku Corner. Oh. Oh, the music. Oh, I love it. Oh. Let's see, Chico. What great poetry you're going to do to honor the memory of Joseph Haiku Sr. <laughs> Joseph Haiku Sr.? <laughs> oh, jeez. No! Sorry to the Haiku family. What the heck? Boy, my good friend, the late played Braxton for <laughs> Joseph Haiku Sr. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Bruce Forsyth's Hot streak. British 
host American game to see you nice. I did, got did, it. Did, did he get to the syllable requirement? I was counting there. and Oh, who cares? I, I okay, love Okay, the... I'll give him some snaps. All right, there you go. As I can't right. snap, but slow clap, fast clap. No, I, my fingers are dry. I can't snap golf really clap. that well either. But yeah, a little, little golf clap. Golf clap? Golf clap. So that's it for the hot streak. Well, we have streaking in this game. We're going to make two more references to baseball kind of sort in our next two episodes. We're going to be doing the uh, the baseball thing later this week, but also this week, well, this is something that I've heard a lot of at ball games the last five years. We're going to be getting our woo on. Woo! 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 Not few. Woo! Isn't that right, Jack Nars? Stay tuned for our food next over most of these CBS stations. Well, this episode was a sequel to an episode we did last year, and this episode is a sequel to an episode we did last year. That's deep. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so deep, Adele is rolling in it. Yeah. And we'll cover all of those in the week ahead. On it was a thing on TV. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Wow! I'm going to come back. All right. Well, don't be left out. If you're feeling hot and you want a streak, join us here every day of the week on Hot Streak. Goodbye now and thank you. Cheerio. What a marvelous day. <laughs>